and welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. We are a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. Now, today is part three of our ongoing series following the A to Z Guide to History's Great Panics. Ooh. We're following along on an infographic that has 26 Great Panics and cases of mass hysteria. And we are uh, making adjustments where is necessary for various reasons. So we left off last week after a pretty exciting episode. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting, sure. Disgusting. Yes. Well, I meant the last episode in this series. Oh, okay. (laughs) So not last week's just nightmare episode. Yes, not last week's nightmare episode. But the, the Franz List episode. Yes, which was the week prior. Wow. So this week we are starting off on the letter P. <laughs> and P is for the Phantom Slasher. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Now this is a classic case of mass hysteria. Right off the books. So, let me tell it to you, Sarah. I'm so excited. Okay. In 1956, in Taipei, the capital city of Taiwan, rumors began to spread that somebody was randomly slicing people on the crowded streets of the city with a razor blade. Oh, my God. Then disappearing back into the crowds. Now, I'm not sure how these rumors got started, whether there was an initial truth to it or not, but what followed was just like what we've seen in previous stories. As the rumors spread, the number of victims grow, and the Mm. sensationalist news stories uh, further drove the fears among the masses that one or more attackers were stalking the city and anyone could be a victim. Right, of course. One such victim told the police that he had been attacked, but an examination revealed that his injury was caused by a blunt object and not a blade. Oh. The man admitted he was actually not even sure how he got the injury, but assumed that it must have been this phantom slasher. (sighs) All right, sir. Turns out that this was the case with pretty much all of the reported victims. Oh. They had suffered normal injuries or cuts throughout their day. (laughs) Okay. Not attacks by a slasher. (laughs) Okay, they, But when they saw these, their... uh, (laughs) But when they saw their injuries, they must have assumed... Mm. That they must have been the victim of an attack without having noticed. Right. Police concluded. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> Police concluded that of the 21 victims, five were false reports, seven were self-inflicted, oh, eight were normal injuries, mm. and one person seemed to have suffered no injury at all. Okay. Cool. This isn't even the first slasher mass hysteria. Pretty much the same thing happened in Halifax in 1938. This one even attracted the attention of the Scotland Yard. But just like in Taipei, there was no attacker and none of the attacks had been real. Okay, guys. All right. This is just a thing that happens sometimes. They're just bored. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me about the butt slasher. The butt slasher? Yeah, and I can't remember. this. So this is going to be a great story because it already starts off with I can't remember. But... um, I mean, several years ago, there was an episode of My Favorite Murder where they talked about it, but just like some dude going around and like slashing people's butts. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And it was real? Yes. 
Okay, that yeah, was that, real. That one was that one actually happened. Yeah. Mm. It's rude. It's, it's extremely rude, but also, I mean, pretty funny. It's probably not funny if your butt gets slashed, but you know, it's funny to me. Butts are just funny in general. Butts are funny. Now, the next entry for the letter Q, it gave me some trouble. We talked ah, about it. Yes, we did. Uh, on the infographic, it's for the wake crier, as an earthquake. Oh, I thought you said wake crier. No, quake. Okay. <laughs> as in Q. Yeah. But I had some trouble finding comprehensive sources online. Couldn't really find anything that gave me a definite... N- not, nothing to really gr- make a story out of. Right. If I could find anything at all. It was a pretty difficult one. So... I have invoked my authority to change this entry, <laughs> as I have othered. Okay. So Q is now for questionable road trip. Okay. Okay, Sarah. On Monday, August 29th, 2016, mm. the entire Trump family got in their car and headed north from their home near Melbourne, Australia. Mark, his wife, Jacoba, and their three children, Rihanna, uh, Mitchell and Ella, they were all in their 20s. Sorry, Rihanna and Ella. Ella, yeah. Ella. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's not spelled the same way. <sighs> all right. They left behind their credit cards, passports, and their cell phones. Police were alerted of their disappearance by quickly by family and friends. Uh, Mitchell, the middle child, actually kept his phone hidden because unlike the rest of the family, he was not afraid that they were in any danger. Uh, he had Uh-oh. seen his parents increase signs of stress and paranoia, going as far as believing somebody was going to rob or kill them. Oh. But according to him, this was the culmination this was the culmination of that paranoia that had also captured the other children. Mm-hmm. And so off they went on this questionable road trip without any way to be tracked, even with their cards. Now it wasn't long until the family realized that Mitchell had his phone. They made him throw it out the car window. Oh man! And they because they were fearing they were being tracked by GPS. You gotta turn that ringer off, bud. Yeah, don't don't play snake. Yeah, uh-uh. in the backseat. In 2016, he probably wasn't playing snake. <laughs> but you know what do I know? <laughs> so the the family finally stopped in the town of Bathurst, uh, 500 miles away, and this is where Mitchell decided to escape. Oh my. Now, the, the details aren't that clear because the family hasn't come out with, um, you know, a, a, an hour by hour comprehensive explanation of what happened. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if, if, if escape is technically the right word or if it was just a parting of ways. Right. Okay. Um, the family, however, was unfettered and continued on without him. Headed to a tourist spot east of Bathurst, uh, the Genolan Caves. Okay. I believe that's how it's pronounced. At this point, the two sisters, Rihanna and Ella. Oh, man. <laughs> apparently came to their senses and also parted with their parents. Hmm. They stole a car. Oh, dear. And drove south to the town of Goulburn, where they called police. However, for unknown reasons, the two sisters then parted from each other. Oh, okay. Ella drove the stolen car back home on Tuesday night, where she was the first tromp to be found by the police who were waiting at the house. So Ella came home. Mm-hmm. Police are waiting, hoping that they show up. At, at this point, it's been um, one day. Oh, okay. I believe. 
<laughs> this fell apart really quickly then. Yes. Okay, wow. It did. Uh, Mitchell arrived the following morning. He had taken trains to get back home. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Now, Rihanna did not go home. She was found in the back of an SUV by a man who had been driving for an hour since his last uh, stop. Oh, my God. And he just found her in the back of his car. Yikes. He said that she was catatonic and unable to recall her name or where she was. Oh, dear. And she was taken to Goulburn Hospital. At this time, the media had picked up the story. And it was generating a lot of attention. So Ella and Mitchell gave public remarks asking for any information about their missing parents. Meanwhile, Mark and Jacoba had finally separated themselves. Wow. And Jacoba was found a day later, uh, 220 miles away from where they had split in the town of Yas. <laughs> the only reason I'm mentioning these towns is to lead up to Yas. <laughs> Sorry. So, oh boy, she was Thank found. You. She was found wandering the streets in an agitated state, and was it was taken to a local hospital. Mm. Now, only Mark remained missing. A couple reported a man tailgating them, and then the man jumped out of his car, <gasps> ran towards them, uh, stopped in the street, and then ran into a nearby park. What the hell? It, it's not clear if this was Mark. But it was a report that that they claim looked like him. Oh, my. Other leads came in reporting a number of break-ins, but it was never clear if it had any relation to Mark. But finally, Mark was found on Saturday evening near an airport of supposedly sound mind. The case is considered one of the most bizarre missing person incidents in Australia because as far as we know, the whole thing was just a case of mass hysteria brought on by stress and a reinforcement of delusion within their small family unit. Oh, my. And charges were never brought to the family over the event, except for Ella, who was charged for well, stealing the car. Yeah, you can't do that. But thankfully, the owner dropped those charges considering the situation. Yeah, okay. And the family has never given a clear reason for the event either. Oh. It's pretty much kind of a mystery great we can only sort of make assumptions based on everything that's happened though mark did make a public apology for causing the event and wasting police resources the least he could do honestly yeah very strange uh case Mm. the next incident takes us to mattoon illinois where the r stands for roaming anesthetist oh okay also known as the mad gasser of mattoon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not in the way you're thinking <laughs> oh god keep your mind i'm sorry keep your mind up butt slasher <laughs> the first encounter took place on august 31st 1944 where a man named urban rafe and his wife awoke to a strange odor in their home uh-oh the odor was accompanied by the feeling of nausea and weakness and his wife was unable to stand. Oh, my God. And another woman in the area reported the same phenomenon in her house. Oh, on the same night? The same night. Oh, God. The following evening, Mrs. Kearney and her three-year-old daughter, Dorothy, reported to police that when they went to their bedroom to sleep, they noticed a strange odor in their room, too. Oh, no. It quickly grew stronger, and Kearney noticed her lower body was becoming stiff. 
and difficult to function. Oh, my God. Uh, like a paralysis. Oh, uh-uh. No. Her sister and neighbor responded to her cries for help. And uh, she and her sister had noticed that the bedroom window was opened. And this was on the second story, I believe. Oh, no. And suspected Ew. that whatever the odor was had come from outside. But no immediate source was found. Mm-hmm. So police uh, uh, were called, suspecting there could be foul play involved. But, again, they couldn't find anything. One hour later, Mr. Kearney arrived home from his job as a cab driver. So this was like around midnight or 1 o'clock at, in the morning. And, he, and when he claims when he pulled up to the house, he saw a man outside that bedroom window, all dressed in black with a tight cap. The prowler disappeared and was never caught, but this was the description that became associated with the mad gasser. Oh, my. Even though it was the only time anyone reported ever seeing him. So after these news stories ran, reports of attacks ramped up. Oh, of course they of did. Of course. Yep. Groups formed to patrol for the gasser, forcing police to issue warnings about public safety, both against the vigilantes and innocent people inadvertently acting suspicious. <laughs> You didn't want someone just just like <laughs> like sitting on sitting on the corner getting attacked. Right. Just a goth wandering home and they're all black. Which I am wearing right now, by the way. Maybe I'm the mad gasser. You never know. You know, some yeah. people just dress this way. You just, don't want that. Yeah. Police were also dealing with so many false alarm calls from people claiming to either see the gasser or being gassed themselves. That they had to re- they had to uh, stop responding to the, these calls. Oh no! There was just too many calls for them to even deal with. Oh god! After five days of mass panic, police concluded that while there were some cases that they believe could be legitimate, the vast majority were due to this hysteria. Mm-hmm. In fact, the chief of police would later conclude that the odors and symptoms were likely the result of pollutants from a nearby industrial plant. Oh, interesting. But. That is a claim that is heavily denied by that plant. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes. But it is strange that it was affecting only some people and not like entire neighborhoods. Right. If it was some sort of mass pollution. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. So it's sort of an, we don't really know. Hmm. We know that most of these, these, we know that most of it was just mass hysteria. But we don't know if there really was a mad gasser. Now, the next entry is one that could and likely will inevitably become its own episode. Oh, boy. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Okay. But the list would be complete without it. And you all know it by name. At least. Okay. S is for the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, sweet bitch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ooh, girl, I'm so excited. You guys, I'm actually going to be in Salem in 33 days. Um, I'm hysterical right now. Yeah, and if you're listening to this in the future, Sarah was there. I was there. How I'm, was it? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> so, Sarah, um, please fill in wherever you would like. Oh, God, you don't want me to do that. As I said, I'm going to keep it brief because we could go on for a very long time. Uh, Yeah. But this is, this is just a brief overview, and please correct me if I get anything wrong. <laughs> Don't worry. But between February 1692 and May 1693 in Colonial, Massachusetts, over 200 people were accused of witchcraft, mm. leading to the conviction and deaths of 30. 19 executed by hanging, one pressed to death in an attempt to force a plea, 
and that poor man. Yeah, Giles Corey. <laughs> yep. And uh, five others died while in jail. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It was the deadliest witch hunt in the history of colonial North America and had major impacts on the history of theology in America because the trials were performed by Christian Puritans with a great and deadly misunderstanding of the natural world. <laughs> oh, but nothing like today, right? Yeah, good point. The event began after some girls in Salem Village began to experience epileptic episodes and convulsions. And these are young girls, like 12, yeah, early teens. Yeah. And even that itself may have its own little bearing in some mass hysteria, too. Oh, just, certainly. Just, just the very beginning. Um, but these convulsions were later blamed on witchcraft, of course. This spiraled into the accusations of 200 people, mostly women, being accused of witchcraft over the following 15 months. And it was the it was a case of mass hysteria, obviously, because these, these people were not um, practicing witchcraft on these people. And none of them were practicing witchcraft on anyone. Yeah. That was not happening. Yeah. Um. And interestingly, you know, th- this uh, this does have its its I wouldn't say roots, but it's it, it's um, parallel to the moral panics we were talking about. But this was pure religious extremism. Yes, this was not just oh, I think something. I think these records are um, contributing to juvenile delinquency. Let's ban them. This mm-hmm. was these records are evil. Let's murder people yeah over them let's murder the people who made the records yeah and i will say this is probably not in your notes but just like a little fun fact um fun used very loosely here but the majority of the women who were killed during the salem witchcraft trials were named sarah really yes maybe not the majority but there were multiple sarahs wow killed of the people who actually died, several were named Sarah with an H, spelled correctly. That's interesting. Yes, it is. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I did learn while looking this up, there was only a few months ago that the last convicted Salem witch, Elizabeth Johnson Jr., was offic- officially exonerated. Yeah. In 2022. Yep. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, after that, I think we could use a laugh. Oh, boy. But be careful. Uh-oh. You may not be able to stop. <laughs> oh, God. Well. T it... is for Joker Toxin. <laughs> well, at least that's what happened in Tangayika, which is now Tanzania. In 1962, students at a boarding school began to laugh. The cause is unknown. It may have been something as simple as a joke. It was somebody farting. Probably someone farting. It was somebody farting in the middle of class. But the laughter never stopped. It's like when you, you know, you just start laughing and laughing and you can't control yourself. Uh-huh. Like when we watch a Vine compilation on YouTube. Yeah, which happens pretty often. It happens pretty often and I I laugh like Dom DeLuise. Like I sound like I sound like a beast. Like I'm I just I'm crying. The only sound that comes out of me is <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, a, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's real bad. It sounds like the last gas is it coming out of a. <laughs> <laughs> it's my soul leaving my body. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I love Vine. I love Vine. 
Well, whatever caused them to start laughing, they never stopped. Oh, they didn't stop. They, they eventually stopped. I was about to say, oh my God. And they're still laughing to this very day. <laughs> well, they it, the laughter didn't stop. They kept laughing and laughing. And more people started laughing. And this spread out of the school and even out of the village. Oh. And spreading all across. Mm-mm. The epidemic continued to last for somewhere between six months to one and a half years. I'm sorry. That's incredibly creepy. Yeah. That's actually very upsetting. But the lapting epidemic was not fun to those affected. Yeah, I guess not. We uh, we spoke in other entries about how these epidemics st- seem to spread uh, most easily in uh, places with high stress, mm-hmm. anxiety, isolation, etc. Mm. And a boarding school, as we saw with the We Abort entry, can be a place like this. Oh, yeah. Perfect place for breeding this type of mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. And the epidemic, although popularized as simply laughing, was not just laughing, nor was it constant laughing. It was more like occasional fits of laughter and also included crying as well. Well, yeah. These outbursts of extreme emotions could not be voluntarily stopped and it often resulted in pain and fainting and respiratory issues. Oh, my God. Yeah. The school had to be closed. And 14 other schools were also shut down as a result of this epidemic. Were those also boarding schools? I, 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 I'm not sure. Okay. The, the, the source that I used, the couple of sources that I used were not very specific on that. Okay. Um, but approximately 1,000 people had been affected. My God. And uh, unfo- All because of a fart in the middle of class. Yeah. That's crazy. Exactly. The now, mad gasser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. He strikes again. I'm so sorry. Now, this did happen, but our ability to research it is difficult because at the time they weren't keeping very good records. Right. Um, when so did you say this was? This was 1962. Oh, yeah. Nobody was keeping very good records in 62 other than the FBI. Well, this was also in Tanzania. Right, yeah. And I believe it was like either very close to or during a civil war oh my so there are all sorts of problems they were with kind of record busy. keeping yeah. yeah so the next entry on this infographic it would not really qualify as a panic it is the urban myth of sewer alligators okay which has some legitimacy because Small gators have been found in sewers in the sewers of New York City. Really? Little like babies. Um, but th- you're not going to find a fully grown alligator living in New York Street in the, under New York's infrastructure. I believe Spider-Man would disagree with you. That was a crocodile. Well, fine. Killer croc. You know what? It's you know, sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Let's just move on. Well, you know, part of the issue with it is not only does it get really cold, Oh, yeah. And alligators really don't hang out in cold climates. They are not known for that, yeah. You're also, they also would be um, hanging out in, like, disgusting waters. Um, have you been to a swamp? It's nasty. Yeah, but this is like human feces and and yeah. bacteria yeah. And, and, and disgusting gases and really not a lot to eat besides the occasional rats. Oh, there's plenty of rats in New York. I thought it's been all over the news. Come on now. Just not a place where, where a fully grown gator is going to really thrive. 
I wonder how many rats a gator would need to eat to feel full. Like, is this going to be like a Domery situation to rare where you can just never get enough to eat and you're always hungry because you're a gator living in the New York sewers? It's got to be a lot. That's tough. That yeah. is a tough life. <laughs> well, we're not talking about the sewer alligators because it's more of an urban legend than a case of panic. There was really no... Yeah incident that caused mass panic <laughs> somebody's sitting on the toilet they got bitten in the ass by an alligator <laughs> and suddenly everybody's showing up you know at the hospital with alligator bites on their ass but most of them you know it was just a dog bite and some of them were self-inflicted yeah yeah okay moving on <laughs> next letter no oh um i am using my authority again oh oh my god you're really going for it this episode I'm, I'm craving the power oh my god this is frightening i got a taste and i want more please call help so i have replaced it with a real case of mass panic from very recently in the united states you is for urban clowns i remember this so well because uh-huh. there there was one in greenville yeah. And I remember like there the pictures of it in the newspaper. I was like, oh my God, is that my old apartment? Which I don't think it was. I think I was just mass hysterical mm-hmm. because that is terrifying. Yeah. Now, the idea of spooky clowns terrorizing neighborhoods dates back a long time. I mean, spooky clowns have been scary for as long as clowns have exist- existed. I mean, Gacy was terrifying his Wisconsin neighborhood back in the 70s. So, yeah. There you go. But the idea of like a viral clown. Um, it can be, it can go back to like 2013, probably, probably earlier, but yeah, Pennywise would like a word. He was, he went viral in what early nineties, late eighties, early nineties when the TV movie came out. Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, and, and, and you know, it's because clowns are spooky. They're the worst. And people like to create online creepypastas about spooky things like clowns. Uh, uh, mm Mm-mm. But spooky clowns went mega viral in 2016 when in Green Bay, Wisconsin, pictures of a spooky clown carrying balloons and walking around a vacant parking lot at night began to appear online and on Facebook. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. The Facebook page gave a name to the clown, Gags. Absolutely not. And Absolutely lo- <laughs> not. No. And local and inter- and national news picked up the story. Oh my god. Mm-mm. One once major news started reporting on the case, the case on the pictures. <laughs> there's no case here. <laughs> there should be. They these clowns started to appear all over the country. Oh yeah. And they even went international. Really? Yeah. In the U- in the UK. New Zealand, lots of places. I never heard that. Yeah. I was so worried about the one in Greenville that, you know, not my problem. We had problems here. (sighs) You couldn't open social media in 2016 without seeing a spooky clown on a sidewalk. Frankly, you can't open social media today without seeing a bunch of clowns. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Some thought it was a brilliant joke. Others feared that the clowns were nefarious and dangerous all clowns are nefarious next question and a few thought the whole thing was very offensive (laughs) that being the uh, world clown association (laughs) who spread the word that clowns are not spooky yes they are (laughs) i'm so sorry to tell you this well unfortunately the phenomenon definitely had a negative impact on clowns bummer 
once known as lovable and funny by all. Nope. They were now seen as spooky mm-hmm. and fearful. Mm-hmm. The Russian... <laughs> You're not buying this, are you? <laughs> Absolutely not. The Russian embassy issued warnings in London regarding the clowns. Some stores and schools removed or banned clown costumes and masks. Hell yeah. That Halloween, fears around clowns were at an all-time high as some feared there was going to be some attack under the veil of trick-or-treating. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> now, however, aside from a couple of small incidents that were probably brought on by the panic itself, the entire clown panic was unjustified. So what was behind the clown that started it all sorry i want to just correct you for a second there sure. fear of clowns is always justified we should always be panicking about clowns at all times i i okay you may continue okay fair enough so back to the clown that started it all ah yes well w- there were a few possibilities as to what why these pictures emerged. And there's not really a a question about why they went viral because they were very creepy. Yeah. But why did they start? So it could have been just someone having a laugh. You know, someone who wanted to post a scary meme online. Yeah. And it worked. Or it could be another reason. Now, a Wisconsin filmmaker stated that the pictures were a marketing stunt for his short film titled Gags. Well, and didn't you say... Oh, God, I hate that so much. Didn't you say that it started in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so right there. All right. But that his film was supposed to release in 2018, which is two years away. Mm. That's not when you do a viral marketing campaign. No, people will have completely moved on to something else by the time your movie actually comes out. It seems to me like someone who's just taking advantage Mm -hmm. of the panic to be like, oh, I've got a movie coming out. I wrote a script last night. Right, yeah. Or, you know, maybe he had already written the script, but the clown's name was like Giggle Gus, and he changed it to Gags. Yeah. Oh, Giggle Gus. I hate that, and I hate myself for saying it. That's going to be the new one. Oh, uh, uh uh-uh. No. The more likely uh, coincidence, although we don't know if this was actually the reason why, but another coincidence was that another movie was released in the following year, Stephen King's It. Hell yeah. That was always my theory as to what was going on, that it was viral marketing for the new It movie coming out, which to me makes more sense that like, not only is it coming out not too long from when this happened, but it's like a huge, like everybody already knew Pennywise and everybody definitely already knew Stephen King. So I think that would have worked and they could have just like been ramping it up. Like you're seeing them more and more often until the movie actually came out. I'm just not buying this dude in Wisconsin. Not doing it. It could have been just a coincidence that this went viral, but it was, it was, it was a, it was a great time for spooky clowns. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, that movie does rule. Yeah. It's so good. So Sarah, let's end this episode on something much less scary than spooky clowns. Is that fair? I guess, if that's the mood you're in. Well, it's the letter V. For Vendetta? No. Oh. Let's talk about vampires. (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) I literally terrified her. I'm so happy. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
She jumped out of her seat, literally. I really did. I almost spilled my cauldron full of coffee. I'm so happy, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, God. Now, Sarah, Sarah knows quite a bit about vampires. She did a whole episode about vampires. I sure did. Oh, I'm so excited. So, you know, the mass panics. Oh, yeah. And the vampires, they, they go together so well. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful pairing. Like beans on toast. Sure, okay. Now, this story is a particularly fun one. Oh, well, yeah. It's vampires. Yeah. And you may have come across it, too. I don't think you mentioned it in your episode. On September 23rd, 1954, Glasgow police were called out to investigate a major disturbance at the Southern Necropolis. <gasps> what? Now, this is a large cemetery located in an area known as the Gobel. Necropolis. Yes. <gasps> Sorry, the, the Gobels. Now, the disturbance included shouts and screams <gasps> so loud that this densely populated place, uh, they, they, they were, the intervention was very quick, Yeah. so to say. Um, but what they found in the cemetery were not vampires, as the topic would suggest, oh. but rather hundreds of children oh oh even worse aged like from toddlers <gasps> to teenagers just like loose well they weren't on what do you mean loose I mean, just like, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> loose just like there weren't there weren't like adults around just no like, random uh just children oh my god that's so much worse yeah Armed with knives. Oh, my fucking God. Sharpened sticks and tomahawks. Who gave that to a toddler? And with their dogs. What the even? fuck? <gasps> Do you know what they were doing? No. They were hunting a child-killing vampire. Oh, my God. I am obsessed. Yeah. Oh, my God. They have a toddler out there with a tomahawk. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. Now, the two children that had died... As a result of this vampire, were unknown. Oh, okay. I see. We don't know who, the, who these kids were. Uh-huh. But the children were sure that a seven-foot-tall vampire had done it. <laughs> and they were not going to sit around and wait to be the next victims. <laughs> Obsessed. The Goebbels vampire was not the first local legend. Before this was Jenny with the Iron Teeth. <gasps> I've heard of Jenny. Oh, my God. And she's a creature that would steal children away who didn't sleep. <laughs> and, Get them. And eat them. Get them. As well as Spring-Heeled Jack. <gasps> yeah. Who we also referenced in part two of the series. Uh-huh. Now, we don't know exactly what sparked the specific response among the children. Now, we do know... That this area of Glasgow is, or was at the time, um, not a very good place to be. Okay. You wouldn't want to be there. Gotcha. Uh, very poor, mm -hmm. very tightly packed. It was right after it was, it was right after the war. Right, yeah. Um, there was a housing crisis, and it was just a bad situation. So perhaps these kids were just looking for... A, a way out uh, the, through their imagination right yeah who knows we don't um but we do know that this event sparked a moral outrage into the cause of this juvenile delinquency and the burden rested on something we discussed last episode horror comics oh uh-oh 
the congressional inquiry into comics that had just occurred a few months ago in the United States um, is what we talked about last week that mm-hmm. led to the creation of the uh, Comics Authority. Um, what was it? The CAA or the yeah. CCA? Yeah. Um, well, activists in the UK wanted to see the same thing happen there. They wanted to see massive censorship of movies and comics. Oh, come on. Their efforts were successful. Boo. Thanks to this panic. And the Children and Young Persons Act was passed on in 1955, which essentially banned horror comics in the United Kingdom. That's awful. Yeah. But despite what the adults did afterwards, I got to hand it to these kids. It takes a lot of guts to square off against a supernatural monster. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the, it's the toddlers. It's killing me. Yeah. It's killing me. Now, uh, there is a quote that I found from a man who took part at, uh, in the hunt when he was a kid. Oh. He said, we didn't have Christopher Lee to explain you had to put a stake through the heart to kill him. We were just going to cut the head off. End of story. is that great hell yeah is that great oh my god that's amazing yeah wow now as you may know we that was that was letter v yeah which means we only have four letters left that is the alphabet yeah for one whole episode yeah but those four are going to give us plenty to talk about. Okay. I'm so, excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So thank you for listening, Sarah. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for listening, everyone out there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter for more content. We are Fantastic HPod on both. And feel free to shoot us an email at fantastichistorypod at gmail.com. We also have Fantastic History stickers available for sale on Etsy. Link is in the show notes. Until next time, watch out for clowns. Clowns.